Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the third and last section of our conversation with Laurent Gunnens, where we break down a use case of a Pobo structure implementation Laurent has done in his former role of a Treasury consultant. Laurent was indeed a manager in a Treasury practice, a big four consulting firm, and is now the global Treasury leader at Punch Powertrain. Needless to say, he is a seasoned treasury professional with a tremendous amount of knowledge, in particular when it comes to in-house banks, treasury systems, and Pobo Kobo. In the episode of today, expect to learn how Pobo actually works in a real corporate environment and the interdependencies between the different systems, how to implement a Pobo structure, what are the project management considerations when it comes to Pobo implementations, whether you should consider your payments on behalf of living from your TMS or from your ERP, and much, much more. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast app. This is the best way to support us. It's completely free, takes only two seconds, and most importantly, makes Hussam and I very happy indeed. Last note before diving into our fascinating conversation with Laurent, we are now on LinkedIn. If you'd like to reach out, suggest a topic, ask a question, or simply say hi, we will be happy to have you. Just look for Corporate Treasury 101, that will be us. With all that being said, please welcome Laurent Gernens. Laurent, I believe, um, so before your, your function at uh, Punch Powertrain, you were a consultant, right, in Treasury as well. We like to highlight or use an example uh, of the topic we discussed on the podcast. Could you maybe walk us through, anonymized, of course, a use case or an example of a public Kubo structure that you have implemented for your clients? And what I would like to understand here is everything we discussed, basically. How did you set it up and why did you do it this way? What were the benefits for the clients, qualitative and quantitative? And um, yeah, was it fun? I think it's important as well. Yeah, yeah, no, indeed. It, it always has to be fun. So absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we have a few examples there because I've did quite some uh, some in-house bank implementations which go hand in hand with the the Pobo Kobo mostly. Mm-hmm. And maybe as an example, we can go to to one of my first clients as a consultant when I was just starting in in the treasury industry and. On my side as well, didn't even understand what is Pobo Kobo, what is an Inas Bank. But I got thrown in immediately, of course, with uh, the whole setup of an Inas Bank, which didn't exist yet at that company. Perfect. So at the beginning, of course, we started with um, yeah, with scoping what would be in the Inas Bank, what would be part of the Inas Bank. Would it just be some some loans? Would it be cash pooling? Uh, and in the end, it became quite a large Inas Bank with with some pooling opportunities, with some, uh, some intercompany loans there. And of course, with uh, with Pobo Kobo, mainly Pobo to be honest. But uh, yeah, it was quite quite large in Inas Bank already, and we had to develop it from scratch. So that goes from uh, setting up the structure to linking all of the different systems that are yeah that are needed in order to first of all recognize a Pobo, get it in your in your TMS system, execute it via a payment hub. So we really started from scratch there with. Basically setting up, okay, who is the, the main entity in the CNAS bank and who will be all of these subsidiaries taking part? So that was the, the first step, really checking like who can take part of the CNAS bank. Once that is done, of course, it's the, de- the development of yeah, the current accounts because they all 
it's a name. It's a bit like a fake Iban, but you have to give them a recognition point. So we started with developing a, a very standardized naming convention. So whenever a new subsidiary would be onboarded, they can just follow the same naming convention and it would be clear for everybody, basically, if you're looking at the position of the Inas bank or the position of the subsidiary. Um, then, of course, we had to get the, the POBO payments. So together with the, the teams of the, of the company itself, we started developing transmission files and an interface between their ERP system and then also the, the TMS system so that we could recognize the POBO COBOs and that we, we could execute them. There, there are always, let's say, two ways. You can either really go through your TMS to recognize the Pobo Kobo and to execute it via the TMS, or you can say like, okay, no, I will execute directly from my ERP to a payment hub, and I will just send a message to my TMS system to let it know like, okay, look, um, I made a Pobo payment, please book it on the Inas Bank, create the necessary accounting entries, and so on. Because, yeah, of course, you need that information not only for your Inas Bank, but also for your bank reconciliation, potentially you might need it for forecasting. So there's a lot of, a lot of reasons why you want the information, of course, to be available in the, the TMS system. Yeah, I feel there is, so there is the whole setup, but there is also the importance of the information and proper tracking, right? It's not only, mm -hmm. okay, we do it, but we also can properly report on it, uh, have real-time information and be able to yeah, manage the after payment on behalf of who paid what to which entity. So. This whole dimension of like transferring the information from one system to another, properly tracking and reporting seems quite central in the setup of a Pobo Kobo. Yeah, absolutely. It's, the, it's really the, the treasury technology that plays a lot. It's building the interfaces, making sure you can transmit files from system A to B. And especially as a, as a consultant, I think the treasury technology landscape is, is very interesting nowadays. It's, it's developing very, very rapidly. There is like you mentioned, the fintechs, a lot of new players in the market with very interesting solutions. So as a treasury technology consultant, you always have to stay up to date and you have to know what is playing in the market to see the solution that we present to clients. Is it still best fit for them? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. In terms of benefits, qualitative and quantitative, um, what happened for this specific use case? For the client, it was mainly important to, yeah, to basically have a, a good visibility there on what is happening? Which loans do I have between my intercompanies? Which POBOs am I, um, am I executing? And then going further more to the in-house bank, it allowed them to automate the full um, interest process. So interest calculation, interest posting, and sending all those entries towards your ERP system is something that was yeah, very important for them. And that gave them a lot of benefit and time savings because in more advanced TMS systems, there's a lot of uh, scheduling behind it and automated jobs. So going from a very manual process, it is now really a process that, that could be done 50% more efficient just because of the fact that we had some automated jobs behind it. You could get your market data automatically in the system. Interest rates would be feeded. Everything else was coming from the ERP system. So your interest calculation at Montend was just basically a validation and a control that there were no, no mistakes made. And then everything else was almost fully automated. So for them, it was really a, a time saver for the team. It could mean, of course, less FTEs required to manage um, a treasury, mm -hmm. but it could also be like the treasury team being fully overloaded, finally getting room to focus on other topics. Be more strategic uh, topics than executing payments. Awesome. I, uh, that's a question I didn't ask actually, but what's, what's the typical timeline of a project, of an implementation of a Pobo Kobo structure? Like how much 
time does it take typically in your, in your case, but also in general, I guess it will depend on the size of the project, the company and so on, but more or less an idea. Very difficult to put a, a timeline on that. So it can be need from a few months to even a few years, if you want to cover multiple regions and you have to do it step-by-step. Step. So yeah. as you mentioned, depending on, on the size, um, how broad do you want to use the Pobocoba structure? Are you just doing Europe or are you doing Europe, uh, LATAM and, and the US, for example? But it could really take from a few months to, uh, yeah, to a few years even. Mm. And again, if you are in, uh, how to say this, uh, not complicated location, but more regulated and where you need to properly do your benefit case and then decide to move forward with it. But then it's, it might be more cumbersome in certain countries to set this up than in, in others. So I guess it's, it very much depends on the scope. Mostly, um, there's a, let's say a banking rationalization ongoing in parallel as well. If you do it in as bank, you will mostly set up a new cash pool structure, which starts already with, with checking your banking partners, who is going to be linked to that, to that cash pool. Um, what is my benefit case? What will my savings be? So you see it's a, yeah, it can be a, a lengthy process, but it can be a, a very important process to keep control over your uh, treasury function. Obviously, yeah, and you might close bank account, right? Which is also one of the, <laughs> the first benefits of the bubble goal. So obviously, yeah. that's one of the exercises. Super clear. Wow, Laurent, thank you so much. Um, anything else you would like to add on the Pobo Kobo that we, that we didn't mention so far? Um, no, I think we already yeah, discussed quite broadly what Pobo Kobo is, what it does, how it can be used, what are some, yeah, some, some real use case. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we touched upon the, yeah, the key items without, hopefully without yeah, going in too much detail. So everybody going from starting treasurers or starting treasury consultants to more experience that they, they yeah, they have something, uh, yeah, they can get something out of this podcast. Absolutely. So, uh, of course, always happy to, to further discuss more details and to make the use case more detailed. But I think for now we have discussed, uh, whatever people need to know. That's awesome. And yeah, I think, um, we have something else locked, right? So we discussed the arm length and the transfer pricing. So, but that mm-hmm. will be <laughs> another episode. Thank you so much. That was indeed super clear. Um, and yeah, so, I mean. From my perspective, well, I mean, I'm in treasury, but I don't know much about Kobo Kobo. So that was super insightful. Uh, thank you very much. If people would like to know more about you or Punch Power Trade, where should they go? I think the quickest way would be to, first of all, to know more about me, the, the LinkedIn page. So uh, my LinkedIn page, if they want to know more, for example, about Punch Power Trade, there's always the, the Punch Power Trade website where they can get all the information that they need and they can get, yeah, let's say, a glance of what we do, how we do it and where we do it. Awesome. We'll put all those links in the description of the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Guillaume. Thanks a lot. And uh, thanks for having me on this uh, podcast series.